luckily we came along because he would have lost the whole thing. He was still now able to sell it. So definitely a win-win for both of us, for both of us coming together. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Grant Warrington. Grant, how are you doing today? Doing great, Todd. I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm excited for this. Yeah, excited to have you on. Excited to talk, man. It's been a while since we've uh, since we've chatted, so yep. I want to dive in. Want to learn uh, more about what you're doing today. So why don't you? Uh, speaking of that, why don't you give our listeners a bit about your background and what you're doing? My background. All right, I'm going to try and make it quick. Uh, construction worker is how I started out. Um, had a lot of problems to go through in my personal life, uh, deal with. Um, you know, I, I got into buying single family rentals in 2001. I went bankrupt because I had a bad drinking problem and I had no education. Mm-hmm. Um, quit drinking in 2011. Uh, 2015, met my wife. We started buying properties again. Um, realized that was the way to go. Fast forward a couple of years, we realized uh, one, I hate my boss. I hate having a boss, not my boss, just the idea of it. So, we uh, we decided we want to quit our jobs, but we knew that single family homes wasn't going to take us to where we needed to be. So we pivoted and went to small multifamily apartments. Hmm. And that's what changed our lives. And um, we're at 41 units today. We self-manage and uh, haven't had a boss for a few years now, which is fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. 41 self-manage. And, uh, you know, it, that's about it, I think. Well, well- What's when you say small multifamily, like what's that size? Uh, tell you the truth, it was um anything we could get our hands on, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Um we're at uh we we kept our duplex. Um uh, we sold all our single families in a 1031. Okay. And um this so we have a duplex, it's a side-by-side townhome style. We kept that, but our smallest building's an eight unit, the next unit's an eleven unit, and then the first purchase we ever made was a 20 unit apartment building. So those are small multifamilies is what I call them. Got it. So eight, eight, kind of that eight to 20 kind of unit range. Okay. Correct. So what, what attracted you to those versus, um, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of different food groups in multifamily and sure. real estate in general. Right. But what attracted you particularly to the, you know, kind of that eight to 20 unit type range? Um. It was, um, you know, in 2017, we made the decision we're going to um, syndicate going forward. We are just going, that was that was going to be our path. And uh, what happened was we educated ourselves, educated ourselves on apartments. And um, I was in the basement of uh, one of our single families with the inspector for the city. And I said, I, I started telling everybody we're buying apartments. And I told him we're buying apartments. He said, call this woman in my city. It, she owns a bunch of stuff and talk to her. So I'm like, okay. And I called her and she said, I'm not selling anything, but here's four people you can call. They all do a shitty job running their properties. And I'm like, all right. So she gave me these four leads. I, I talked to every single one of them. Turns out I knew one of them. The guy owned a liquor store in my town. And, um, I went in and I said, Hey, we ever think about selling your apartment? I, first, I didn't even know you, you owned it, but you, do you ever think about selling it? And he said, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd sell it. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. So <laughs> that's how we started. Um, in, and that's a long story how we got to that. It was seller financing, a lot of different things on that. But mm. 
then we were like, okay, we're in this game, right? We're in the small apartment game. Um, and, and that we kind of backed away from syndication at that point and thought, you know what, we'll do this. And all throughout the path, we've, we've always pivoted and said, we're, you know, we're going to syndicate again and, you know, buy larger stuff, but it just, we just kept getting fed these smaller deals and they just made sense. So that's really how we got into the space and, uh, and where we've been at. So seller financing, uh, how did you work the seller financer? Was just something that like the guy was like, hey, I'll sell seller financer. How, how did that work? Well, the building was a mess. We bought it for 625000 in, we closed and, January And that was the 20 unit? Is that right? You said that the was first- was 20 unit. Okay. Yeah. And that's in my hometown. It's a nice, nice area. The building was just atrocious. Um, it was Horrible. Hasn't been touched since 1965. Um, horsehair carpeting, red, mm. red carpeting, uh, horsehair padding. <laughs> it was terrible. The uh, There was a note on the mailboxes, you must pay your rent because the city will turn the water off. Um, I mean, it was, there was leaks everywhere, 55 gallon buckets under water leaks in the basements uh, instead of repairing them. It was really bad. So 625, uh, we got it for that 20 unit. And um we He's just like the, the bank's not going to be able to finance this and we're brand new this is our first building yeah we, we knew it and we thought you know what and, and here's the truth we didn't have a lot of money mm. um i was a construction worker we did this with very little money i tell people like if my wife if this hadn't have been her dream we'd have been divorced she'd have left me because like all her friends have you know live on the lake have all these great jobs and and all these other things and and we were broke man doing this and uh it was tough. So we thought, okay, we have this much money. We'll make it work, but we need that down payment. Um, mm. and, and we needed to be as low as possible. He wouldn't budge on 20% down. So I said, all right, I'll tell you what though, I need a 30 year amp. And he's like, well, that's fine. I'll give you a 30 year amp. So that lowered our payments. Um, and then we just went from there and we just tried to work it out with him. Okay. And you know, I'd say five-year balloon. And he's like, no, 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 my dad's older. We need that money sooner. And I said, uh, okay. Uh, 20, 24 months. And, and that's just how we went back and forth. I said, 5% interest rate. He said, yeah, that's fine. And that's how we came up with the terms. We signed all the agreements in his liquor store, which was pretty crazy. Excuse me, the uh, LOI and the uh, PSA, the purchase and sale <laughs> agreement in his liquor store. And um, it was crazy. The the I mean, that's such a long story though. He actually had lost it to the bank. We did the title work on it. Uh, he, I'm sorry. Uh, he lost it for back, back taxes. He had 14 days to get it back and pay 50,000. He didn't believe us. My wife called him. was like, look, you, you only have 14 days. You're going to lose this thing. Finally, he, he went, oh my gosh, you're right. Um, paid the 50 grand. Got well, it so back. He didn't, he didn't know he was going to lose it. He didn't know. No, not at all. He just ignored all of it. Uh, <laughs> so you can imagine the state of this yeah. building. Yeah. I, it was horrendous. Um, yeah, he didn't know. So luckily we came along because he would have lost the whole thing. He was still now able to sell it. So definitely a win-win for both of us, for both of us coming together. Yeah. Um, so and, yeah. And you were okay with this because your contract, your construction worker, you're like, Hey, I can, I can take, or what, like what made no. you go? This is a great first deal for me to take down. Cause this thing is like, yeah. I'm I'm like picturing this building that's got you know cockroaches everywhere and just just like completely run down disaster yeah. you know it's got yeah. the it's got the uh, you know like the 
the towels hanging out the windows and hundred percent. Yeah. And, and the only reason we knew was because, uh, it was in our backyard and we live in the city. So we're like, dude, I grew up here. I know this city. I know that this building can be nice. Um, average rents were four ninety. We projected six fifty. We're like, it, it, it could be six fifty, um, and no one was paying. And it. this so, is Detroit area. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's the Detroit right. area. Right. It's south of Detroit. Um, so it, it's not Detroit. We don't invest yeah. in Detroit. Just wanted to but, give people context when they're like, correct. "Where the heck is this for?" Yeah, <laughs> like this is—is yeah. is this San Diego? Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no. So, but what we did do is we walked away from them because we said, "Listen, we we don't want to do that twenty percent down payment." We didn't really have the money. Um, and he's like, no, that that's it. That's what I need. Cause he had to pay. Um, he, you know, he had people he had yeah. to pay as well. So he's like, yeah. I need that 120. So we waited a year originally. Um, when mm. you know, after our first initial contact, we waited a year, we gave up on it. We're like, you know what? Forget it. And then my wife and I, after a year, had a discussion and we're like, you know what? If not this, then what? What, where is this perfect deal that's going to hit us that mm. needs no repairs? Um, it's going to be dirt cheap and we can get into it for, you know, a little bit of money. It, it's just, it's not out there. So we said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to take a gamble. We're going to do it. We believe in it. We know we can raise rents. We, we looked at um, all the other comps, all the other buildings in the area. We knew we could improve it. And my wife actually went and secret shopped like five different apartment buildings in the area. So we're like, you know what, we're all in. And, and that's when we did it. And that's, that's uh, when we took the leap. So in the beginning, we, we weren't convinced it took a little while. Yeah. And secret shopping is, is huge. We, we do that, especially uh, when we're not super familiar with the area, but even if we are, we're secret shopping at at several properties to kind of make sure you're just going in and you're pretending like you're a tenant, you're, you're sending somebody in if it's not you, you know, and, and making sure that you understand what's going on in the area. That's so valuable. And it's, it's not only valuable to validate your rent comps, but it's super valuable also to validate the type of renovations that you need to do. Because a lot of times you're like, Hey, we got to go to this level. And then you go to the rent comps and you're like, Whoa, well, we actually don't have to put in granite countertops. No, we don't have to do stainless steel appliances. No, we don't have to, you know, rip out all the bathroom surrounds and do beautiful tile. Like, Oh, we can go to this level and still get these rents. Great. Like we've, we've done that several times where it's like, and actually we've done it a couple of times. Uh, we did one where we secret shopped a property. We were planning on buying our property, renovating it. And then we secret shopped this, uh, several other properties were like, mm-hmm. whoa, we can get these rents if we go to this level of renovation. Yeah. So we're going to just rip and gut these things and completely blow. So our renovation budget went from like 10 grand a unit to like 25 grand a unit. Because we wow. could like explode the rents, we knew yeah. that by looking at it. So it's secret shopping is so valuable. Um, okay, so you got this, uh, you got this deal, and and then uh, any fun stories with it? Any any? Well, you know, just what one quick thing on that secret shopping was great though too, because we had come from podcasts and reading books yeah. and learning online, right? It's a whole nother ball game when you buy a building and, mm. and that's what, so we're like, we're going to put, um, we're going to put washers and dryers in units. We're going to put dishwashers in units. Yeah. We're going to put granite countertops, just like you said. Right. 
And then we started looking around at the competition. We're like, we don't need to do any of that. And then you start running numbers on that shit. And you're like, dude, yeah. there's no way we could run water lines and yeah. put washers and, and, and all these different things. So that was huge for us. Um, just getting it. And that's why I make the videos online that I do, because it's like, it's all this shit we had to learn on our own. Cause there wasn't people telling you that in the beginning, like you're telling people, right? Like, you know, look at the, look at the, uh, the finishes on these products, right? People were saying, oh man, you want to, we put washers and dryers in, we do this, we do that. Yeah. And I thought, and okay, great. that's what I need to do. Yep. And it's wrong. They were also telling people it's a $4,000 rehab. And I, so I got into it thinking, okay, well, it's probably four grand to rehab a unit. Man, they were wrong, right? So that's why I like to tell people like, no, we're paying 10 grand. Here's my yeah. actual numbers of what we're doing and how much we're spending. So that was important. And that's kind of what fueled me um, you know what I mean? He's putting videos out there and just educating people on it. Like you're doing as well. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You're right. You hear all that. And I go, who can, who can renovate an apartment building for four grand or six grand? Like, I don't yeah. know. You're not doing much for that price. You're certainly, I mean, maybe four grand, you got some flooring and paint and that's a bold, yeah. you know, but man, you're not, you're not doing cabinets, countertops, appliances, light fixtures, plumbing no. fixtures. Like, that's not done for four grand. That's 10, 12, 15 grand. Um, but yeah, it's, and like you said, though, it is, you do hear over and over. And I, and quite frankly, I'm probably guilty of it too. I talk about some of the stuff we're doing. Hey, we're putting in washer dryers. Hey, we're doing this and this and this, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you do. You have to look at each property. You have to look at the competition and what's going on in that area. And you don't, you you could be a little bit above your competition possibly in the finishes, but you want to be careful how much above that competition you go. If you put in washer dryers, that's great. That's going to provide more value. It's probably going to provide, that's probably going to mean that more residents are going to come to your property. It's probably going to be full. They might pay a little higher rent, but how much higher, yeah. right? Are they willing to pay that extra 150 that you need to put those washer dryers in? Maybe, maybe not, mm -hmm. but you, that's your job to verify, you know, validate that. Like, it, does that make sense? Just because some guy or gal told you on a podcast that that's what you should do doesn't mean you should do it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, love it. Uh, so, so tell me about um, yeah. about keys to succeeding. I want to know. So you're buying these small apartments and small yeah. apartments can be challenging, just like large yeah. apartments, just like single family, but everything's got their own challenges to it. Yeah. So what are some of the keys to your success in these small apartments? They're they're mostly owned by mom pa's and, and 100%. you know, so most people have one, maybe two. Yeah. And, um, what one of one of our keys to success is is uh tenant base we learn very quickly that your tenant base can kill you and whenever we take over a building like you have to imagine uh that building we took over that 20 unit it was in such bad shape like i'm not gonna live there so who's gonna live in a building like that where the waters you're getting threatened the water's gonna get shut off no repairs are made right mm. it's a tenant base that can only afford to live in that building. When when yeah. the other rents are at 650, yeah. 700 in that area and you're paying 490 in the neighborhood I live in, it's a rough tenant base. And that was one of the problems we ran into because again, we self-manage. So if you're going to self-manage, you need to understand that your tenant base can kill you. Don't let it. The other thing, you need to change that tenant base as quickly as possible. Um, 
and that was one of the things we've had plenty of arguments where, where we don't argue. I just tell people, look, because anytime we buy a building, they're usually on month to month. And mm -hmm. I tell them, I don't, I don't want you to be miserable. You can leave and I can also make you leave. And they say, well, you don't threaten me. I say, I'm not, those are the rules. And that's what I'm letting you know, your options, you can go. And I can also make you go. Um, and we're just very upfront and we, People will push you because they think that um, we're coming into their home, um, their building. They've been there longer. We hear that a lot. Um, and um, you just need to have rules in place. Um, and you you just, uh, you know, we, we had a situation today just before this podcast. My wife uh, called me and uh, I don't know how much I want to get into it. But um, there was a guy that um, wasn't a tenant visiting his mother and he, he was causing saying some very, very bad things to my wife. And uh, we called the police, right? Get the police involved, let them deal with it. We've had vandal uh, we've had vandals. Um, and uh, the great thing was we have a network that we uh, network of apartment investors that, that we uh, um, that we network with. And, you know, I reached out to him like this, it's a young kid and he, he's killing us. He's vandalizing our stuff. This is a separate story. And they're like, call the police. You need to get the police involved. Yeah. So that's what I suggest to people, but you need to be surround yourself with other people that are doing this. So you can pick their brain when these problems do arise, but yeah. be prepared and just understand it's the nature of the game. Don't let it knock you out of the game, right? If you're going to self-manage and if you don't need to self-manage, don't do it. Yeah, you got to have thick skin. If you're going to self-manage, you have to have thick skin. But I think what you said earlier is so valuable, so important. Whether you're self-managing or not, you need to make sure your management company or you, if you're self-managing, understands that you, you have to have rules and you stick to those rules. And if you're allowing your residents to create the rules or to break the rules, it, it, just, it just doesn't work, right? It just doesn't 100%. work ever. And I, I have managed my own properties and every time you give, and I'm, I'm all for being super fair. I'm all sure. for respecting my, my residents. And I, I just put it out on, on a, you know, video yesterday. It's like a lot of, a lot of owners, a lot of landlords, they, they're like, oh, it's just a rental. They have that kind of mentality. And I yeah. don't believe in that. But at the same time, you have to, if you treat your residents with respect, they're going to treat you back. And if they're not willing to do that, if they're not willing to follow the simple rules that you put in place, you just, you can't bend for that. Paying rent, 100%. not causing crime or problems. Like those are basic things, especially if you're, you know, you're talking a 20 unit building, eight unit building. Yeah. Uh, You've got other people that are affected by this. So yeah. why, if you are, if you are not willing to call the cops on somebody that's causing problems, then why are you you're treating the other residents with disrespect? Correct. Yep. Right. And they they deserve that. They deserve you to uh, to 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 have those rules for you to have those and enforce those rules in place because that's why they live there, uh, the good tenants because there are rules and. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's a hundred percent. And uh, right now, and I just want to say, I mean, we have a great tenant base now, the, the gentleman today, he's not a resident, um, but we've rehabbed uh, 35 units in four years. Hmm. Um, so we've done a lot of work and that's my wife and I No full-time, yep. uh, you know, we, we don't do the work ourselves. We have, we hire contractors, but we've turned just about every single unit. So we have brand new people in place and it's uh, now we got some really nice buildings with some fantastic tenants.
Love it. Love it. Why, why self-manage? Why haven't you hired that out? And what, what I guess, why self-manage yeah. and, and um, what do you like about it? What do you, maybe we can talk about some pain points too, but. Um, what I like about it is, um, obviously we do a better job than anybody could. Any property management company, a good management company is going to tell you, look, it's your baby. You guys are there every day. You're going to do a better job. It's just, you as know, long as you're it, not like the liquor store guy. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's what I love about it. We can do a really good job. We're really hands-on. We're, you know, my wife's there every day. Um, the reason we did it was because in the beginning we didn't have a lot of money. So we didn't want to give that away, the management uh, piece of it. Yep. Um, you know, the 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 cash flow, right? So we didn't want to give that away. So we said, well, we can do it ourselves. And that just has slowly progressed. And it's uh, you know, I my last W2, I managed over 800 units um, you know, for a property management company. I was a director of operations. So it was like, it wasn't incredibly difficult for us, but it just it wears on you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people, if you have the money um, and no time, hire management. Because now the the fact too is when you look back, it's like, you know, if we would have hired management on that first single family house and just got used to when we had W-2s and got used to that little reduction, just a small reduction in the income, um, over time, we would have been used to having a property management company. And who knows, maybe we could have grown quicker. We wouldn't have been so focused on management, right? We'd have been more focused on growth. So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but looking back, it's like, you know, well, maybe we made a mistake doing that. I I don't know. But uh, one thing we do know, we've done it long enough to know that it is something we are getting out of now. So we won't be self-managing going forward. Are you going to take the properties you currently are holding and bring in third-party management, or are you going to just add anything you newly acquire, bring in third-party or both? So here's here's the truth with that. Um, and I'm always honest, and, and I like to tell people numbers too. So like, if we bring out, my wife and I both don't have jobs. We do this full-time, right? So mm-hmm. my wife and I now are financially free, which is great. But when you're financially free off your rentals, you're here, right? You start increasing your expenses. We're right back to square one if our mm-hmm. expenses go up. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing people need to be aware of with financial freedom. Don't be so stuck on that, right? Like, um, But the thing is, if we brought in third-party management, that's going to take thirty to $40,000 just in management a year wow. for our properties. That's a big hit when we don't have any other income coming in. So yeah. my wife and I, now we we cash flow, um, we take owner draws um, and those are tax-free. Um, talk to CPA about that. And uh, it's 10,000 a month. So, and then there's there's uh, money left over at the end of the year. We, we're very conservative with what we take out of our portfolio. And, um, you know, when you start knocking 30 to 40 grand off that number, that's a big hit. So what yep. we're doing is we're moving to Florida and we've hired someone that's going to be our boots on the ground. Um, and she is going to manage the properties for us. My wife's going to manage remotely. So when we need somebody to go to that property, we're going to pay her. It's a part-time gig. Um, and then we already have all the maintenance, the plumbers, the electricians, the HVAC. We already have all those people that we deal with. Yep. So my, my my wife's just going to manage them remotely and have her go to the properties, um, you know, as need be. So instead of spending that, you know, whatever, 40 grand, um, you're probably spending, you know, an extra 10 or yes. something like that, 10, 15, Correct. whatever it ends up being, but it's going to be a lot less yeah. than the property management company for sure. 
Correct. Uh, no, that's that's a uh, that's a good way probably to do it. Um, so Florida. So you're moving to Florida. Yeah. And you're yeah. gonna start. Are you gonna start buying in Florida then? Yeah, we're going to. We're gonna hold on. Like I said, our properties in the Detroit area. They're all right yeah. in my backyard. That was the other reason for self managing. Our farthest right properties eight, minute, eight minutes away. Yeah. Um, but um, I think yeah, that's a super valuable thing when you're buying oh. small, s- small multifamily properties. The big disadvantage of smaller multifamily is that they're usually spread out all over yeah. the city. And so you're, and you can't have a full-time maintenance person there. You can't have a full-time leasing person there. So yep. you're bouncing all over the, the, all over the city to get to your properties or potentially even, you know, a lot of people are buying them in different cities and, yeah. and all over the place. And so, you know, you're, shoot, if you got something two hours away, it's like, geez, this stupid 10 unit building two hours away, I got to go yeah. run over there. You know, what a pain. Um, but if you're buying them in a eight mile radius yeah, or less, uh, man, that's, that's a great thing that helps a lot of that uh, scale kind of inefficiency um, helps create a lot more efficiency by, by buying it so tight. Correct. Yep. Yep. And that's what, uh, that's what I always tell people as well too. you know, look, look for an area where, wherever it is an area, you know, if you're going to be buying small multis and, um, and just focus on that area and try and do as much as you can in that, in that smaller area. Um, but we're, we're going to be probably selling these in a few years, um, and transitioning down to Florida. And, um, I I'm sure we'll be JVing, um, we'll be, you know, looking at small multis, uh, JVing on, you know, 60 units, um, syndicating, buying, buying things ourselves personally. So we, like you said, there's, there's like an array of different things you can do in multifamily. So we've Mm -hmm. already syndicated a deal this summer. Um, so just kind of wherever we can fit in and bring the most value to, um, to ourselves, our investors, our friends, um, whatever we can do, that's kind of the, what we're going to fit. How was the first syndication? How'd that go? Um, it went great. The, uh, the raise, uh, we were, we played a small part. We raised capital and we're also part of the asset management team. So gotcha. I'm on calls, um, every week, uh, with the property manager. So and, you did a JV partner with a, with some other people. Uh, no, no, no. We, we, this was a, a full syndication. It was, um, it, it was, sorry, uh, we're, I meant we're on you, the GP side. You were on the GP side, but you joint ventured with them, right? You, you, Cor- you yeah. Ventured, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, so, so, and again, we, we played a small role. Some of the guys, uh, one of the guys is, uh, he's in GoBundance as well. It's same as you and me. Um, he has like, uh, 5,000 units um, you know, assets under management. Um, so, so these are guys doing big things. So it was cool to get involved with that. Um, one of the things when we took over, it was, uh, vacancy we had to deal with vacancy dropped a lot of lease terms came up. So, uh, we handled that really well. Um, so people quit at the property, um, typical things that happen, but we kind of baked that into our underwriting that, Mm. um, we're going to go through some problems initially. So, um, so we were kind of aware that we're going to have to, you know, handle some of these things. Yeah. That's usually a big problem is like, uh, people quit oh, and yeah. tenants, tenants leave uh, a lot of times when you take over property. So you have to understand that, like you're going to have higher vacancy, yep. even if it's, you know, 95% occupied, that's going to, uh, now bigger, bigger apartments, it maybe it's not going to affect you as much, but, a lot of times on that, especially where you're talking like an eight to 20 unit building, 
Um, man, new sheriff in town. Sometimes that doesn't go over so well with the tenants and they're, they're out. And so I, I've taken over quite a few of those buildings where all of a sudden it's like, I lose, I lose like four tenants. It's like, Oh crap. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and then, like you said, the staff, a lot of times was like, they're going to leave, you know? Yeah. Um, especially because it's just a different, it's just a different environment. Yeah. And if you're buying something that's maybe a little bit more distressed, owner doesn't care as much. Yep. Uh, and all of a sudden you come in, you care, you've got rules. Uh, yep. they just don't like that. So, Correct. um, all right. So I want to know, um, I want to know a mistake that you've made and how have you learned from it? Um, I think I've, I've built my, uh, there, there's been so many of them, but I think one of the things I've done and I've always built out of scarcity, not, not, not scarcity, but, um, like feeling like I'm never doing anything. So I would always say like in the beginning, if I could just get one house, I'll be happy. And then I'd get a house. Well, then we switched to apartment. If I could get one apartment building, I'll, then I'll be happy. And then we buy a building. And guess what? I wasn't happy. Um, I never looked at it as gratitude, right? I, I was, I, I never was grateful for what I had accomplished, where I was at, and, and where God had put me in life, right? I, I was always, well, now one more will make me happy. One more will make me happy. And, and uh, the Gap and the Gain is a great book, and and that focused me to look at where I was at compared to where I started, and not look at. Uh, where I thought I needed to be or look at myself compared to other people, right? Other people's chapter 15 and I'm on my chapter three. Like when I compare myself with someone that's been doing this for 15 years and I've been doing it for eight, how is that a fair comparison? So that was one thing I could have done better and not been miserable the whole time because I always want one more and then we'll be happy and then we'll make money and then things will get better. And then, you know, and I think that's one thing I would have changed. Just be grateful where I was at. Yeah. You're also seeing people's social media feeds. You're seeing, you're hearing people's stories, but you don't really know. You're not really peering into their financials in most cases. Like, are you really looking at their bank statements? Have you really, you know, do you really understand what's happening there? And uh, are they successful and are they happy? Like, that's the, that's the, that's the other question we never really ask. We just see, and we're like, oh man. I should be, I should be there. Yeah. And then that's why I, where do you think that came from that? Like, Hey man, I got one, I got to buy a house. I got to buy an apartment. Then I'll be happy. Where do you, where do you think that came from? Um, for me, I just thought, you know, um, personally, probably I would just think that then we'd be making more money. Cause we, like I said, 30, 35 units in, in four years, like we're, our money was gone. It was cash flow. We were rehabbing out of cash flow, every single thing. So when I say we were broke, I mean, our expenses were like 50 grand a year. That's for our house, health yeah. insurance, two vehicles, food, we eat, everything we do, um, phones, it was 50 grand. So it was tight. Um, but I, I think that, I think I always thought once we get the next building, um, things will get better. And, you know, things do get better in real estate. Things get better over time. But the the one thing I like to tell people now too, is like, I'm like, I'm the guy that's going to tell you this on the internet and you're not going to want to hear it, but don't quit your job. Like, you know, everybody else tells you quit your job. I say, don't quit your job, supercharge your investing. So that means cut your expenses, take all that extra cash you can and invest it into real estate. And you'll be much farther along than quitting your job. Like we did, maybe yeah. we quit too soon, right? But I tell people supercharge that investing, man, go all in, love that job, let that job 
be what fuels uh, your future. So that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, I, I actually couldn't agree more with that. Uh, well, there's maybe some exceptions to that rule, sure. but I think for the most part, that's spot on. I mean, yeah, if you maybe have a windfall that comes in or, you know, for you're really young and uh, you've got some inheritance or something like that, but take let that job supercharge yeah. you until you get to a point where yes. you just you just don't need it anymore. Yep. Yeah, yep. I agree. Um, what, what's, what, what's going on moving forward here? So what, you know, you're moving to Florida, um, yep. next steps, like what, what do you focus on today? So today, um, and this is just, uh, another, another thing I, I, um, I really like Ryan Pineda. I don't know if you follow him at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I called him and I said, Hey man, how much can I pay you to, uh, to talk to you for an hour of your time? And he's like, I don't do that, but you can golf with me for $5,000. And I'm like, oh shit. So he called me out and I'm like, all right, he lives in Vegas. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So I flew out to Vegas and, um, I, I, because my social media, I'm uh, bigger pockets. I'm a, I'm a contributor at bigger pockets now with my social media, things are starting to take off with my social media. And I'm like, I need to talk to somebody about this. I, I have no mentor in that space. Yeah. So I, I went out there to talk to Ryan about this. And, um, you know, he asked, what do you do? What's your income? What are you doing? And, um, he's like, look, your, your, uh, horizontal income, right. Is 10,000 a month. And he's like, you know, you're, you're not going to fly private. You're not going to, you know, live in a house on the beach. You and your wife aren't going to drive brand new Mercedes at, at that level. Right. Because then you're going to be broke again. Yeah. So he's like, you need your vertical income, which would be W2 income, which I don't have anymore. And he's like, you want a wholesale or flip? I said, no, absolutely not. It's not what I want to do. He said, all right, well, what are your other options? And I said, well, I've been thinking about helping other people buy small apartments. I told him there's no one in that space. There's, uh, let's teach you how to buy a single family home. And then there's, let's teach you how to syndicate. And there's nothing in between. And I know small apartments. So, you know, I talked to him. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of doing this and building a course and trying to help people with that. And he said, he said, okay, let me ask you this. Your content, you make reels and you do these 30 second clips for uh, social media. Can that change people's lives if they watch every single one of your clips? I said, no. He said, can they do exactly what you've done and have all your knowledge if they watch all your videos? And I said, no, not really. He said, then you owe it to people to build that course. He said the products he has, uh, he's like, listen, I change people's lives with those. So he said, you owe it to people. You owe it to yourself when you started out to build this course and, and to people like that, that need it. And I thought, well, what if I'm not big enough on social media yet? And he's like, well, what, what are you going to wait for? That's fear. That's fear. You'll never be big enough if that's what you wait for. And um, I said, you know what? I'll do it. And, and that was my push to do it. And that's what I'm working on. That's right there, the apartment buying blueprint. And uh, it's, it's a course that teaches people exactly how we went from point A, single family rentals. When, and when we realized that single family rentals suck and we, how we went to point B is owning small apartments. Um, I, I still remember when my wife said, you know, we're going to have to own 50 or 100 single family homes. Um, depending on how much they cash flow to, to cash flow $10,000 a month. If they cash flow 200, we'd have to own 50 and we had debt on everything. That's how we grew. And I go 50, we had 11 units at that point. And I'm like, I, 
there's no way I can find, you know, uh, the, you know, what is that? Uh, 39, there's no way I can find 39 more single flamey homes, rehab them, put tenants in place and self-manage them. I'm like, there's just no way I can do it. So yep. we made that pivot and now we have four properties for a total of, uh, 41 units. So that's what I'm working on today. Those helping people make that transition as well. Yeah, that's cool. It's, uh, I think it's a, it's a perfect thing, especially like you said, this is what you do. You've done it. Yeah. You've been there. Uh, you know, you're, you're not, um, you're not out there teaching from a point of, I guess, no knowledge, which some people sure. are, or very little knowledge. Um, and, and you've been in the trenches, you've self-managed. Yeah. So I think that's really cool <laughs> as well. Like that, it, it's not like you've hired third parties and yeah. are just kind of, you know, seeing it, you've, you've been in the trenches, yeah. you've, <laughs> you've dug yeah. the holes. You, you, yeah. And that's, that's what I tell people too. I'm like, I'm the guy that teaches inside the apartment building. I'm not the guy that stands on the, on the sidewalk and points at it and says, I own that. Right. Like yeah. I'm in there going, here's the shit we had to fix. And here's how much it costs. And here's who we hired to do it. And here's the problem we found. And here's what you're going to come across when this happens to you. That's What's awesome. the difference between click plank LVP and glue down, which one's better? Which one should you use? How much do they cost? Mm. What's it cost to LVP a uh, uh, thousand square foot um, apartment, right? Those are all the things that I didn't, I didn't know. And I had to try to figure out what kind of wall, color. what's the wall color you use? Um, you know, who should you use for flooring? We use Sherwin-William. They're one of the largest distributor, flooring distributors in the United States. Yep. Um, they install our floors, right? But, you know, these are things you you know, but these are things that most people have to try to figure out as they go. And I'm like, you know what? I can make this a lot easier. I'll just make some videos about all the shit we've gone through and put them out there. And, and at first I just started doing it for me, but then I'm like, all right, this is actually people are digging it and people are, are it, it's helpful. So, so that was pretty cool. So what's the, is it a course that somebody can just buy and self, you know, self-teach uh, videos and that, that type of stuff? Or is it a coaching uh, mentorship program or did you do both? It's a, it's an online course and um, you, you can, uh, it's apartmentbuyingblueprint.com and you go through all the modules and it's videos about me in the apartment, things I do, how I find off-market properties, um, how I found two of those buildings, two of our buildings were off market, um, how we did a 1031, uh, everything and anything you can imagine. Um, I touch on repairs. I touch on self-management. If you're going to self-manage, if you're going to hire a property management company, here's the 10 questions you need to ask them. Um, just anything and everything that I've gone through, I packed that into like over 50 videos. Hmm. Um, That's awesome. It, yeah. And just, just teaching people. And I also plug people into my private Facebook group that if you buy that course, you're in that group and it's only for people that have bought the course. So I answer questions in there. Um, I go over things. I can be a little more um, upfront. Sometimes there's a lot, not a lot of stuff that, that you, I want to blast all over social media, but I can tell them in the course, like, look, this is, this is what happened. This is how we treated it. This is what we did. So, um, and I'm always in there. If you know me, I'm big on social media. So that's, that's what I love. That private group is, uh, cause I can just, I can be real in there and tell people like, Hey, here's what it is going to be some bullshit. Don't let it deter you. You got to move forward and I can help you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not all roses. I, I think it's <laughs> sold too often to be yeah. this, this is, everything's going to go perfect. 
nothing's going to go wrong. You know, look, look at my beautiful life here. <laughs> and yes. everybody thinks everything's perfect. We're having so much and fun. Then, yeah, we're having so much fun. Yeah. And, and, and quite frankly, it is for me. It is so much fun. But but the I think part of the fun is that it's freaking hard some days. And yeah. you're like, holy crap. And some days you're just like, what am I doing? Like, do I, yeah. <laughs> but that's what the, to me, that's what makes it fun is it's, it's, it's always something happening. Like your brain yes. is never just sitting still and not thinking it's you're always boom. Something's going up, something surprising you, whatever it is. And yep. But that's, that's what makes it the That's what makes it fun is the difficulties at times too. So hopefully yeah. it's not all difficulties. Maybe then it's not so much fun, but you got to have some yeah. wins here and there. <laughs> no. And that's, that's the thing when you do rehab these properties and you put a better product out there, things yeah. get better. Things you get know? better. It, it does get easier. And, and that's, that's what makes it so cool, right? Because yes. you bought this like freaking disaster. <laughs> you bought this piece of crap, you know, yeah. the, the, the liquor store guy is like, yep. holy cow, what am I, what did I get myself into? You're, you probably in the first part of that, that purchase are like, what the heck did we do? Yeah. Why, why did we do this? And, and then slowly things start to, things start to look better yep. and, and okay. We're, okay. We got a good tenant in here yep. and you, all of a sudden a couple curveballs come at you and some tenants like yelling at you or whatever yeah. at you for some reason and you're pissed sure. off again. But then in the end, you're like, man, this building, think of where it used to be and look at yeah. it now. And eventually one day you're going to sell that building. You're going to look back and go, man, yeah. What a journey. What a, what a freaking awesome journey in that building. And 100%. Think of, and and think of the lives you also, the people yes. that you affected in a positive way too. Like the, there's people that are super appreciative that this building has been, you know, taken care of, that they're getting taken care of, that it's no longer the way it is, the way it was. I mean, that that's super valuable too. And it's, yeah, it is. It's very rewarding. A couple of our buildings, we've had the building inspectors tell us like, hey, we're so glad you bought this building. Yeah. Thank you. You've done a great yeah. job. I've had the mayor say that. The I've neighbors. The yeah. city, the neighbors, everyone mm -hmm. just, and and that is rewarding because we know we're putting a quality product out there and, and it, giving people a good home that they can now be proud of to live in and to bring their friends to and to bring their family yeah. to yeah. where before they couldn't, it, it wasn't yeah. something they were proud to live in. So it, that is re very rewarding. Yeah. Love it, man. All right. A couple last questions and then we're going to wrap. Um, sure. All right. So favorite book, how to win friends and influence people. Um, I say hands down, if, if you're not reading that book um, you need to be, because yeah. that's going to teach you, how to deal with people and just yeah. how to be a better human being in general. And, you know, this is a very small space apartments. Um, and if you're an asshole, people will find that out quickly. Yeah. So that book will just teach you how to listen to people and just how to interact with people better. I, I couldn't talk more about it. I've loved that. Love that book, book. Um, forever. Yeah. I took the course I've done. I've done all that. I, I really love it. And it, it doesn't teach you how to be like weak either. It's not about being yeah. weak. Like a lot of people think oh, if I'm, if I'm too nice to people, uh, they'll, they'll step all yeah. over me. No, that's not what it's about. It's no. not about getting stepped on. It's about how do you influence people and how, how do you get them to not step on you while yes. still respecting you, right? Take you serious. That that's what the book is all about. I love, I love that book. All right. Last yeah. question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? 
three pillars today. Three pillars. Uh, three pillars would be our apartment buying. That's our, 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 our apartments, right? The ones we own. That's our horizontal income. The other pillar is the uh, course, right? And that's doing really, really well. So I'm really excited about that. This is more, uh, I, I'm super excited about education uh, and uh, online content, which would be wrapped into that. That would be another pillar of uh, the things I do online. Um, and the third thing is I'm a member of GoBundance, you're a member of GoBundance, um, and I'm an ambassador for GoBundance. So um, as people come into GoBundance, new members, uh, I'm one of the people that screens them, that has to talk to them, and I get paid to do that, uh, which is what I love. I love being able to talk to new people because it's quality over quantity. GoBundance is big on putting quality people in. And not just anybody. So I love playing a role on that. And I love making sure that the right people are getting into this, uh, getting into this group. Love it. Love it. Well, again, um, man, this is, this has been a lot of fun, Grant. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I appreciate your time. And it was, it's always fun talking with you. I always, I love, I love yeah. the energy and I love the, uh, I guess the no BS kind of attitude that you've yeah. got. Like you're, you're <laughs> going to tell people the way it is, whether yeah. they like it or not. And I, I love that about you. Thanks, so man. man, uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Oh, sorry. Thanks, Wait what- one second. One second. I, I just about cut you uh short here. Tell our listeners how they can reach out to you. Perfect. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you can, you can get a hold of me on Instagram at Grant Warrington. Um, and that's it. There's no other accounts. It's at Grant Warrington. You can DM me. You can uh, comment. I'm very active on there and uh, shoot me a message. I will respond. Cool. All right, man. We'll put that in the show notes. Appreciate it. Have a fantastic Thanks, rest of the day. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, Give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.